LA is vast, vibrant, simultaneously stunning as well as challenging and confusing. At Together LA, this city is our passion. We know that loving LA well starts with listening. Pounding the pavement in search of the individuals invested in the flourishing of Los Angeles. These are the inspiring stories and real-life interviews with the men and women who work to bring the gospel to LA in their unique ways. Thanks for joining us as we bring you closer to the heart of LA, one story, one voice, and one neighborhood at a time. This is the Together LA Listening Tour. Well, that actually was very helpful. You know, when I thought about asking you to demystify it, I thought, I wonder what in the world he'll, how he'll tackle that. But I think the way you tackled it was really helpful, just sort of starting from the first call all the way through, you know, the different ways that they can be reunited or adopted. So thank you for that sort of decently linear um, explanation. And Susanna, I'm going to turn back to you and and talk a little bit about the question that you answered um, right before Mike spoke. Now that we have it demystified a, a, a tiny bit for us, would you speak again about a listener who is saying, okay, that makes sense. Um, how might I take the first step to bridge that gap between where I sit and, and the kids or parents who are in need? Well, like I said earlier, there is a role for everybody. Wherever you are in life, there is something that you can do. And um, if we don't have an info fair coming to your area in the um, in, you know near future, you can go to our website and we have a list of volunteer opportunities and the agencies that you can connect directly to them and say, this looks interesting to me. Let me highlight a couple of them. If you are, say, a senior, limited ability to get out and about, something that you can do that is powerful is, is get a picture of a kid waiting for adoption and one of our prayer guides and just pray mm -hmm. for that child. Pray for them while they're waiting for that adoptive family. Pray that they won't get discouraged. Pray that God would connect the family to that child. Pray for Christians to step up. So that can be a powerful thing just to look at that, that picture and pray by name for that particular child who's waiting for a family to love them. If you have a little more availability, one of the ways you can volunteer is by what is called an educational rights holder for a child. You know, when you and I have our kids in school, we supervise them. We check their grades. If they're not doing well, we talk to the teacher, what's going on, try to get them help. You know, it's standard stuff. But a lot of kids in foster care do not have anyone doing that. They just don't. I had a foster um, youth come into my home at 18. He was reading or, or doing math probably on, on grade three level. No one had really come alongside and said, what's going on with this kid? Let's figure this out. So an educational rights holder, you're trained, and then you're given one child to be their educational rights holder, to check their grades, talk to the teacher, what's going on, Why? what's happening, let's get this kid a tutor, let's get some help for him or her. And, um, you know, if only 58% of kids in foster care graduate high school compared to close to 90% of the regular population, if you don't graduate from high school, your next steps in life are monumentally more difficult. So being an educational rights holder can change the whole trajectory, the whole future of a child's life. Another option Mike mentioned earlier is to be a court appointed special advocate. You are given one child, sometimes a sibling group, 
to be their special advocate. You check in on them, you visit them on the foster home and you write reports to the court about what you think your recommendations are, what these kids need. You know, it's in, sadly, the, the way the, the foster care system works is often kids get many, many social workers. And every time they start to get to know one, it changes. But a CASA will stay with them for a period of time. So there's this continuity. My CASA comes to me when I'm in a new home. I have a different social worker. That same person is saying like, hey, Bella, how are you doing? And, and can follow up with me. You could be a mentor to an older youth who is transitioning out of foster care. It's a scary process to be set, you know, kind of sent out on your own. I met a 23-year-old recently, really great young man, former foster youth, does not know how to drive. I said, what happened? No one taught me. My foster parents didn't have time. You could just do something like that. Be a mentor. Mm -hmm. Take a kid and say, let's figure out how to drive. Let's go to our church parking lot and do circles and figure out how to how to drive. Let's help you get a bank account. Let me teach you about shopping or how to make how to roast a chicken or whatever it may be. Another great way to help is um, something I think Mike mentioned, just support or maybe Larry supporting a foster family in your church. You may not be able to take on a child, but you certainly could come along and tutor one of their kids, mm -hmm. drive them to therapy appointments, bring a meal, uh, learn how to babysit so they can get away for an evening or a weekend. You can be their, their respite care family. So that's another great way. And of course, you can be a foster parent. The, the county now calls them resource parents. But you can step into that role of taking a child into your home for a period of time and having providing stability and an environment where they will understand the love of God through the way that you love them. I remember talking to an 80 some year old man who uh, he still called himself an, a foster child who was never adopted at the age of 80 some. But he told me about a foster family he had when he was, I think, in his early teens or, or preteens um, that made such a huge difference in his life just because they loved and cared for him and taught him about Jesus. So there's these things that we can do, um, a, a huge things we can do being foster parents, resource parents. There is a need for specially trained foster parents for kids who have been sexually trafficked. That's a that's a, an arena that is is a far too often happening in our in our state. And you can be trained to be a foster parent that will know how to help these kids heal from that tremendous trauma. There's a great organization we partner with that that provides a training and support for you to be able to do that for um, someone who has uh, experienced that that horrible um, assault of, of being uh, trafficked. And of course, uh, adoptive family. You know, there are several hundred children waiting right now. You can you can go online and find them, look at their pictures. They're waiting to be adopted in LA County. I think there's five to 600. Think of how many churches we have here. It's just probably one every, every 10 churches, one in every 10 churches adopted one kid. We'd clear that out. So there, there's a, a, a real need for families that are willing to take kids and some of them are older kids, but they're every bit as precious and valuable. And, um, and they are difficult, but not impossible to, to parent and to love, and they will change your life in great ways. So those are a few of the things I, I wanted Larry to just share a little bit about being a camp counselor at Royal Family Kids, because that's something we don't think about, but so many kids are impacted by, by that. Yeah. Larry, would you like to go ahead and share a little bit about that? Sure, that, that'd be great. So um, Royal Family Kids, for those of you who have never heard of it, um, we take 
obviously children in foster care, ages six to 12, we have a very specific age range. Um, we take them to camp and we love on them. And that's it. We introduce them to uh, this guy named Jesus Christ. And we allow them to be a kid in a safe and loving environment. Uh, we try to tear down the walls of abuse and neglect and replace them with love and hope. Um, hope in a savior, hope for tomorrow. Um, and just be present, you know, hear their story. Um, it, it's, it's remarkable how much healing happens when a child feels safe enough to sit next to an adult and just share why they are where they're at. You can almost see them just shed this huge weight off of their shoulders that they no longer have to carry. Um, and it's, it's giving them an opportunity, you know, some kids like, like Susanna said, she had a 24 year old that stood in another drive. We have kids that are 10 and 11 years old have never ridden a bike or have never mm -hmm. learned how to swim. So to teach them how to do those tasks that we kind of take for granted and see the joy that comes out of that, um, it's life-changing. It changed my life. It changed my wife's life. Um, it changes the children's lives because we have hundreds and hundreds every year that come back once they're over 18 to come and serve, mm -hmm. to make a difference because someone cared enough to, to care for them. Um, there's a saying that I've been using for the last couple of years. It's from a gentleman by the name of Josh Ship. Uh, he says, every child is one caring adult away from being a success. And I cannot echo that anymore. I mean, it truly takes us to invest in one, one at a time. And if we did that, for everyone who's listened, that's a challenge to you, is to try and find a way to jump in. You've heard of 10, more than 10 ways that you can step in and make a difference and be that caring adult for the child to change the trajectory. So um, what Mike said earlier with um, the parents are former foster kids, if we can be that caring adult and change the trajectory of their lives, maybe we can break that cycle that kids are having kids that are now going to be in the system and just continue mm -hmm. to perpetuate that number. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's how we can do it. And, it, and, it, and that's where I started as a camp counselor, believe it or not. Five, five simple days not only changed my life, but I've had the privilege uh, when I was a counselor for six years. The unique thing about rural families were two to one ratio. So for every one adult, there's two campers. Um, it's built that way because we want to have those intentional moments. Um, it's not like a church camp where you have eight or ten kids to one supervising adult. This is a very specific set that way to invest in them to put them first for many of them and for the first time in their lives. Um, and that's, that's been the beauty of it. And that's why I'm so passionate about Royal family now for the children and being an advocate in the foster care circles. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I can see, you know, the benefit not only for the the dear children for the the ratio to be two to one, but also for the volunteers, right? Because that allows them back to what you opened up with at the beginning. It allows them to have their heart break for the things that break the heart of Christ. Amen. Because if because this number is small, I can imagine that you have an opportunity to get more um just connected to their story and their life and actually enter in with, with real compassion as opposed to just caregiving. And actually what you shared, Larry, is a really great um, segue into another question that I had rolling through my head in advance of, of our time together today. I think because of, of technology and the fact that we hear so many weighty troubles around the globe and in our country, in our state, in our city, sometimes we feel a bit paralyzed. Just thinking that maybe one person doing one thing actually doesn't make a big contributing difference. And I know conceptually it does, but Mike, would you mind unpacking the reality that indeed these one small acts of service are actually making a difference in, in the whole? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first step is always the hardest. And one of the reasons the coalition exists is to help um, take care of some of the unknowns when stepping into a new area of service. So the first thing I would say is to get on our website, fostercarecoalition.org, and contact us because it's a lot easier to help someone determine their next steps um, after talking to them. One of the major tenets of the coalition is that while no one can do everything, everyone can do something. And we want to help them find what their something is. Like Susanna said, there's a huge need for mentors like big brother and big sister for older teens, educational advocacy for school age kids, or wrapping around a family in your church that has foster kids with them. When Susanna was saying, having someone come around that family so they can have a date night out, I was just saying amen in my heart because I would really like that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, know a, um, I know a mechanic who felt led to offer his services for free to kids in the foster care system, the families, or to uh, girls coming out of trafficking. That's his something. He offers mechanic services for free. So I think whether you're an individual, business, church, there's a way for you to participate. And we already mentioned it, but bring us out to your church so others can encounter ways to get involved. That's what we love to do. Everything we do is free of cost, and we love to engage with pastors and staff. And as a pastor myself, I believe every church has a unique DNA. They have a unique way of doing ministry, the way that they engage with their congregation, the way they engage the community. And for that reason, there's no one size fits all approach that, that fits every church. Every church is different. And I believe that God has a unique ministry for each church designed around the people that are there, the experiences they've had, the neighborhood they're in, what the greatest needs are wherever they are. 
So we would love to have a conversation with whoever in the church would be interested in learning more. Um, churches can request someone from the coalition to come and share on a Sunday morning or in small groups or have a table at some kind of event. And um, I would say the last thing is that the coalition exists solely for the needs of the kids. We are genuinely not looking to build our organization. We're looking to serve the church. Um, we aren't structured in a way where one person is going to benefit any more than another because we're here for the benefit of the community. And so we are genuinely open to whatever way we can best help churches and individuals um, and we have a ton of resources to be able to help individuals find their something. So that's what we would love to do. And that's a great next step. Okay, that's helpful. I am very encouraged. I, I love, it's just so beautiful to see this concept of the coalition coming under the church and helping the church lift up and the church come underneath these organizations and then the organizations coming underneath the kids so that at the end of the day, the kids are the ones that are served. Um, it makes me think about Romans 12, you know, when Paul is speaking about us as Christ followers, as the church being like various parts of the body, each part finding its meaning and function and purpose um, to the whole. So I just want to read this in closing because I think it's a it's a wonderful reminder to all of us. In verse four, he says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And the three of you have very succinctly contributed to that today about all the different aspects and functions that, that we, we can have to contribute to the whole. So it's my hope and, and actually my prayer uh, that our time together today will benefit the children of our city, um, that we will have the courage from Christ to take that first step in being involved in the welfare of the kiddos and their parents. So thank you, Larry. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, thank Susanna. You. Uh, for your time today. And as all of them have referenced, if you want to learn further, it is the website is fostercarecoalition.com. Correct? Com? Org, I think. Org. Okay. Foster Care Coalition. When you Google it, it comes up. But thank you, the three of you. Blessings to each of you. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Together LA listening tour. To stay connected, make sure you subscribe to the Together LA channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. We would love for you to follow along with Together LA on Instagram, Facebook, and our website at www.togetherla.net. See you next time.